Good morning, folks. What's going on? Today is Friday, March 24th, 2023. We got a banger. End of the weekend. We made it, guys. Love it, love it, love it. Welcome to episode number 330 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Wayne's Real World, Andrew Nakamura, Andy Nakamura, excuse me, Tom Bishop, James Steele, Paula Terranova. And so many more of the Simply Cyber community are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And we'll all be giving our opinion and our analysis on what those stories mean to the greater picture of our industry, of society. Things you can do today, things that you should be thinking about long term, budgeting, communicating. We're going to be covering it all. So if you're a practitioner, you're going to get value on how to operationalize. And if you're looking to break in the industry, well, settle in, my friend, because this is an inclusive community that supports all members of the community, including those looking to break in and learning these terminologies, hearing these stories, you're absolutely gonna be asked in an interview, how do you stay current? And guess what? This right here is gonna be a dynamite bomb answer. Now, before we get into the stream, I would love to actually share with you a little bit about the stream sponsors since I do genuinely appreciate uh, their continued support. Starting with Panopsi. Panopsi Security, uh, South Carolina-based company, works everywhere. Brandon Poole will travel to where you need to be. Excellent, excellent company. I love me some Brandon Poole. What I want to tell you about is their quantified risk assessment. If you are an, a practitioner, basically, I think the ideal person would be uh, a large organization. You're running one of those, and you are just spending money left and right, and you really don't have a strategy on what you're spending your money on or why you're just kind of being reactive. Quantified risk assessment is an excellent investment in order to take time, pause, spend, you know, six weeks looking at your entire situation. Where are you today? Where are you going? What's your business? What are the threat actors? What's your attack surface? What is your business like? What's your IT architecture like? And then using evidence-based information, give a statistical analysis on what your risk posture is in different dimensions, and most importantly, where you can spend money and how much money, because, uh, well, to reduce that risk further. And I'll just tell you this, because this is a fact you can take with you, okay? This is bigger than Panopsi, but they, they will help you with it too. Some that, like, investing in security is not a linear fashion, okay? So if you invest 50 grand in security and you get 40% more secure, awesome. If you invest another 50 grand, you do not get another 40% secure. It doesn't work linear that way. It, it's very much logarithmic, uh, or actually it's the, the E one. <laughs> so you, you have diminishing returns. But where is that number? Panopsi can help you figure it out. So definitely go to panopsi.com, check them out. Um, links in the description below. Also want to say thank you and shout out to our good friends at XM Cyber. Okay, guys, really quick. You have misconfigurations, right? Carl misconfigures a S3 data bucket, network firewall, BGP goes down, right? Vulnerability security patch needs to happen. 
mismanaged creds, you got domain admins running around. It's all a hot mess on fire. Don't feel overwhelmed because believe me, this is why we all have a job and why cyber is so critically important. But if you can't see all these things, it's not a good situation. XM Cyber, that's where they play. They've introduced a way for you to actually see all these things, not just individually, but in a coordinated, um, grouped fashion, right? So when you see them together, they can actually map out an attack path on what a threat actor would actually navigate to you know, pop your outside, laterally move inside, get to your crown jewels. Their tool proactively uncovers these attack paths and the gaps in your security controls both on cloud and on-prem, so you can actually pinpoint where the problems are and identify choke points. Make those your prioritized issues to actually cut off attack paths, reduce risk. It's really, really cool. Laser focus remediation, guys. Um, visit xmcyber.com. Click the link in the description below to demo their exposure management platform. This is what they look like. Also love to barricade cyber solutions, but more about them during the mid-roll. I want to let you know that each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat. How do you do that? Well, you could just engage in conversation, but you can also say hashtag Team Live if you're one of the 97 people who are currently here on the early, or hashtag Team Hybrid if you got here late, you're double timing up through it until you get into us, um, until you get to where we are live. And I want to say hashtag Team Replay. Team Replay are people too. I love you, Team Replay. Uh, say it in the comments. I try to engage as much as I can with the team replay people uh, because I love it. But if you can be live, you know, get here. Live's where it's at. Finally, before we get into the news, I promise you this is the next, uh, the last thing before we get into the news. Hashtag passive observer. There we go. LJS Northstar knows what's going on. If you are, have been sitting passively on the sidelines, get engaged in the conversation. It's going to be massive value for you. Believe me, you won't see the value instantly. Some people do, but I guarantee you, you will see the value. You will see the value, okay? So, LJS Northstar, everybody say good morning. I'm going to do it myself. Hello, LJS Northstar. All right. So stay tuned uh, for the mid-roll. We got a great show today for you guys. I'm super pumped. Uh, I am drinking another one of these coffees. We're doing the French roast. Sorry. Uh, hashtag crank is dead. <laughs> I know Nick Barker on the left coast got all excited about the crank. He had a really funny team replay comment. All right. All right. Not bad. Not bad. Stay, uh, I'll give you a final report. Sit rep <laughs> on this coffee after... As uh, long as I don't burst into sweat and mess in a hot, uh, like I was a hot mess with that crank the other day. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and let's let the awesome uh, waves of the CISO series cybersecurity news wash over us in an awesome wave. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, March 24, 2023. Dole discloses data breach after February ransomware attack. Last month, the multinational Dole Food Company announced that it had suffered a ransomware attack that impacted its operations. It is now confirmed that threat actors behind the attack had access to the information of an undisclosed number of employees. Despite the company denying a huge impact on its operations, it was forced to shut down production plants and shipments for a short period. New Android bank. All right. I mean, geez, dude, don't look at this story from the side or else it'll, you won't be able to see it. This story is so thin. Okay. So <laughs> like 
You, me, Jay Smith, K. Scott Powell, Harish, we all knew Dole got hit with ransomware. Like, I, I guess the the story here is that employee data was compromised as part of the as part of the um, data exfil. Thirty eight thousand five hundred full time and seasonal employees. I mean, that's no that's no small amount of people's data. And my I I empathize with individuals who are caught up in this particular. Um, data breach, but at the same time, y'all, I, I hate to say it, and this this is a personal thing, so this is a Jerry thing, not necessarily um, uh, Simply Cyber, even though I am Simply Cyber, but uh, I, I'm almost apathetic at this point to, to, to PII data breaches. Employee data are compromised. I mean, if it was a first time or this was new data, then yeah, but like, I feel like this is just a rewash of you know compromised data already you know what i mean so again I, I i hate to appear apathetic and not and not care but you know data excel you know our plant shut down for the day all shipments were on hold as they implemented their crisis management protocol okay so they were down one day i had said oh no this could be bad like you know we won't be able to get like uh, i mean these guys are huge uh, purveyors of produce so um, you know, like bag salads, lettuce, fresh vegetables, you know, our, our, our vegan friends could be in trouble, but dude, they were down one day and it was, it sounds like it was their IT systems, not their man manufacturing systems. So like the big John Deere trackers, they're driving and grabbing up food and throwing them in buckets. Like if you've ever watched any of those, like 10 hours of farm equipment videos, like, you know, I, sometimes I put them on cause they're relaxing, but like you, I've watched a lot when I, my kids were young, like those those machines are still picking up produce and, and and the machine is still grinding forward so you know this is this wasn't really bad i don't think dole's gonna post record losses on top of this so it doesn't say like it doesn't say who the threat actor was it doesn't say if they paid the ransom it doesn't say any of those things it just says they were down for a day so either either they paid the ransom right Let, let's 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 uh, in chat what do you think they were down a day Either they paid the ransom or Dole should run a masterclass on business continuity planning because, uh, or, or, or the ransomware attack wasn't that uh, widespread. But dude, if you shut the whole operation down for a day, it has to be pretty widespread. This isn't like Carl's, this isn't like Carl's endpoint gets compromised ransomware. They would just re-image that machine and move on, right? Like this had to have been bigger, but at the same time, one day, that is freaking impressive. Like, sorry. Uh, sorry, Estella's fourth grade class. Like that is impressive. You don't typically see a one day downtime. The average downtime for a ransomware incident, at least in 2020, when I had stats on it, was 6.7 days on average, 6.7 days. So to be down one day, that is exceptional and, and very much an, uh, a rarity. Trojan targets financial apps. Already adopted by threat actors to target over 450 financial applications, Nexus, N-E-X-U-S, provides all the main features to provide ATO attacks, that is account takeover attacks, against banking portals and cryptocurrency services such as credential stealing and SMS interception. It appears to be in its early stages of development still and is advertised as a subscription service for a monthly fee of $3,000. Details of the malware were first documented by Cybel earlier this month, and the majority of the Nexus infections thus far have been reported in Turkey. Pwned to
this isn't good. Okay. So first of all, <clears throat> cloud-based service offering. So it's a SaaS product, right? Um, what is this we're looking at? Dude. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to say this. I don't know if anyone else feels this way. Um, okay. Like I know that this is going to sound neurotic and I hate to be this, this nerd. Okay. But if you are going to put a graphic into a story or a report without a caption, you will feel the full force of my wrath. What are we doing here? How do you not have a caption with this? What am I looking at? Is this a set of functionalities and features that the Nexus software has? Is this a config file? What am I looking at? What are we doing? At least this one, quasi self-explanatory. I mean, it's clearly a text message, I guess. Where are the captions? Who wrote this? Hacker News. Ravi Lakshman, come on, man. Well, what are we doing here? Like, come on. All right, anyway, I, I'm like so distracted. I don't even remember what this thing's about anymore. All right, so Banking Trojan, um, software as a service, bunch of injects. Okay, so it, this, this looks like a feature-rich um, malware. Hold on, how do I get out of this thing? Oh, my God. Ugh. What? Uh, I'm being punished now. <laughs> I'm being punished by this story. I can't, I can't click out of this thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. What is going on? All right. Well, look, okay. All right. So he here's the deal. It sounds like, um, can I back up? Yeah, there we go. Um, so here's what it, it sounds like. There's an Android banking Trojan. So all your users that use Android um, should be mindful of this, especially if they use online banking. 450 50 different financial, I did try escape, it didn't work. It, it like literally pushed me forward. 450 financial apps is no small feat. You can see in the graphic here, despite it missing a caption, that this is clearly a management panel. It shows you how, um, how many um, infected people you actually have. So this is a list of your victims. We can see there's two victims here. What injects you currently have. So this victim has LinkedIn on it and Binance. Um, and then you could see all sorts of different uh, ways to interact with them maliciously. There's also um, evidence here that you can um, see if they're actively looking at their screen or the screen is off. So you could be manipulating things with the screen off and be a little bit more um, stealthy, if you will. Um, this is really interesting. Honestly, at the end of the day, it costs $3,000 a month to pay for this service. But what you're doing is, as a threat actor, you would want to, thanks to the sub, Vivian, as a threat actor, you would want to recover more than $3,000 a month. Obviously, this is basic business 101. You would never pay three grand a month for a service that allows you to steal money unless you were going to steal more than $3,000 a month. Either that or you're the worst criminal ever. And since you'd be losing money, eventually you'd have to go, you'd go broke. So this is really cool um, in, in that it's a nice clean interface. I'd be curious to look at this a little bit deeper myself. Um, but essentially the, the real scary thing here, the real scary thing here is when we talk about th threat actors um, capabilities, this is lowering the bar significantly. So script kitties, can basically have a point and click, a plug and play 
uh, uh, set it and forget it type malware platform that the developers do all the heavy lifting. And for $3,000 a month, you can get access to that heavy lifting, right? Um, so it's very, very interesting. And they said it's um, quickly uh, rising. So be mindful of that, um, especially if you have a like Android, um, especially if you're financial and accounting people in your business use Android devices. Because if they're messing around with corporate accounts on their phone because it's easier, that's a problem. In Vancouver 2023, day one. Windows 11 and Tesla hacked. On the first day of Pwn to Own Vancouver 2023, security researchers successfully demoed Tesla Model 3, Windows 11, and Mac OS zero-day exploits and exploit chains to win $375,000 and a Tesla Model 3. Adobe Reader, Microsoft's SharePoint team collaboration platform, and Oracle VirtualBox were also taken down. After zero-day vulnerabilities are demoed and disclosed during Pwn to Own, vendors have 90 days to create and release security fixes for all reported flaws before Trend Micro's zero-day initiative publicly discloses them. All right. Now, this is really cool. Oh, we got a super chat coming in here. Mel Cobbs with the super chat. Mel. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, Mel. Very, very generous of you. I appreciate the support of the channel. All right, guys, so Pwn to Own, um, this is really cool. Now, I think there's a couple different Pwn to Owns. Don't quote me on this. I think there's a couple different Pwn to Owns, but the Vancouver one is like the OG super Pwn to Own one. Now, if you are into security research or if you're into OFSEC, if you're just a cybersecurity fan in general, Pwn to Own is like the most legit, unbelievable, um, quote unquote, security researcher um, it's not really a conf. I, I feel like it's a, it's more of a contest, but it, it's also like a meetup too. I don't, I don't know if they have talks and stuff like that, but essentially what they do is they take brand new technology, like the newest Tesla, the newest iPhone, the newest, whatever. And they let these research teams descend upon them and they always find massive amounts of zero days, which is good for the vendor population, right? Because Apple's brand new iPhone that's completely unhackable gets cracked in like the first 15 minutes and then Apple can go off and fix that. So it's a win. It's almost like a, this is, you know what this is? This is essentially like a, like bug bounty, uh, like pro league bug bounty, right? Or like, or like the Olympics of bug bounty. Now, one thing that I will point out, I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I have to believe that the security researchers have some type of advanced awareness of what the tech stack is or what the tech is or something like that. I do not think that they just show up at 9 a.m. and they're presented a brand new piece of tech and then like 15 minutes later, they have a zero day. It's it, it, even as good as they are, if you were going to take a piece of tech and throw it in Ida Pro and disassemble it and then look through and you could read assembly like you're reading you know, uh, a, you know, a, 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 a kindergarten book, you'd still have to find, you know, do that work set up and then find the bugs. Right. And then exploit them. So that's not, that's not trivial work. Like this guy right here, Haboud's essays, Abdul Aziz Hariri used an exploit chain targeting a six bug logic chain and multiple failed patches to escape a sandbox to earn 50 grand. Dude, a six bug logic logic chain. You don't just like you don't just sneeze and like that appears, right? So I'm not exactly sure how this sets up. Obviously, 
the Pwn to Own contest wants findings the day of the event, obviously, right? It's good for business because um, I'm sure the vendors who submit like Apple and, and uh, Google and all these uh, pay quite a bit in sponsorship fees. So anyways, long story short, what you really need to take on about this. Okay, thank you, Peter Lee. So it is confirmed that they did do work ahead of time. It wouldn't make any sense for them not to do work ahead of time. But what, but I, what you really need to take away as someone who's looking to break in the industry or as a, as a security practitioner, Pwn to Own is super legit and it's very interesting, very interesting from a, you know, day-to-day -day operations person like a CISO or whatever, like Pwn to Own is interesting, but it's not, it's not relevant. Like you wouldn't tell your board or anything about Pwn to Own. They don't care about that. You, your end users don't care about that. Um, the small little takeaway is that like whatever findings come out of this, the vendors are going to patch it in the next 90 days. So you'll see patches come out in, in uh, what month is it? March. So like in maybe in like April or, or May, there'll be a story about a, a, win, uh, a new Apple OS patch, Mac OS patch being rolled out. And they'll mention that it was discovered at Pwn to Own and that'll be the end of it. So it's just really cool. I, I love the initiative. Ugas chat GPT extension steals Facebook cookies. Google has removed a chat GPT extension from the Chrome store that steals Facebook Shall session cookies, but not again. before more than 9,000 users had already installed it. The malicious extension chat GPT for Google is very similar in name and code to the real chat GPT with the exception of a space between the words chat and GPT. In fact, the phony extension is based on the same open source project used by the actual ChatGPT for Google tool. All the fraudsters had to do was add a few lines of cookie-stealing code. The cookie thieves pushed the fake add-on through malicious sponsored Google search results for ChatGPT4, thus capitalizing on users who want to try out the latest version of the chatbot. All right, yeah. Everybody get a everybody aboard. Yes, everybody aboard the bogus ChatGPT train. All right, all right, all right. So I, I just had to mess around. It's like everybody and their cousin is all aboard this ChatGPT train. It's, it's. I get that it's wicked powerful, but it's hilarious how, uh, how abused it is, right? It's like, dude, the marketing people are all over it. The media is all over it. Our tech people are all over it. The, the, the criminals are all over it. Dude, this this one's I, dude. I've heard a um a phrase one time like if you want to find the optimized way to do something, ask the laziest person you know to do that job, and they will find the optimized way to do it. This one right here was a ChatGPT extension that already kind of existed, and they just like injected a little bit of cookie stealing malware, and off they go. Right? I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean. You know what? It probably worked. Nine thousand users installed it. I don't. You know, so there you go. Oh, Kimberly can fix it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you, Kimberly, for the support and the super chat. Definitely love it. That's right, Sean Washington. Fantastic voyage, everybody. Everybody aboard. So, guys, you know, be be careful, be mindful. If you're installing anything, I don't care if it's the ChatGPT bot. Uh, extension. If you're installing anything uh, into your browsers as extension, be mindful of where they're coming from, right? Don't install weird stuff. Try to go through legitimate services. And even then you run the risk. We just saw that yesterday that Google 
you know, banned or removed, you know, 30,000 apps or something crazy or 500 apps, whatever it was, um, from Google Play Store because it was discovered that they were actually stealing information. So it's a very dynamic, a very fluid um, ecosystem of software that could be malicious. Just be mindful. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Don't, don't click, 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 uh, and install crap. I'd almost say, guys, you know how like um, when we talk about threat actor playbooks with social engineering, they typically jump right on. Threat actors will jump on whatever like the hot thing is, right? So if it's, you know, World Cup, it's World Cup social engineering. Uh, taxes are coming around so in the United States. So taxes, uh, social engineering, right? ChatGPT is about as hot as like the, the molten lava that the Terminator in Terminator 2 like went down into, right? Like it's hot. So of course threat actors are going to do it. The only spin on it now is instead of sending you an email, uh, you know, like saying, oh, get early access to ChatGPT5, click here. They're, they're targeting these uh, Chrome extensions, right? No, no big deal. So it just, it's another, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a play on a classic playbook for threat actors. So just be mindful, be chill and don't, don't get like, dude, everybody can be super pumped about chat GPT. It's a very powerful tool. I've used it for things. It's cool, but like pump the brakes on the hype, dude. Like think clearly, be deliberate in your actions. Let's get the mid roll going. Whoops, hold on. <laughs> Woo! Come on and ride. There we go. And now a word from our sponsor, Conveyor. Does the thought of answering another security questionnaire make you want to beat the stuffing out of 32 pinatas? Well, you might want to check out Conveyor, the end-to-end -end trust platform helping InfoSec teams reduce incoming questionnaires and fly through the ones they do have to complete. Give customers access to a self-serve trust portal to download docs and FAQs. For any remaining questionnaires that do come in, use our GPT questionnaire response tool or our white glove questionnaire completion service to knock them completely off your to-do list. You can learn more at conveyor.com. <laughs> That's C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-R.com. All right, couple quick things. One, I want to say shout out to Brent Gurie and Emerson. Uh, part of the Friday crew that I know they show up on Fridays for the live. So good to see you guys. Um, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron KG saying chat GPT probably wrote the, the malware to go into the chat GPT extension. Shall we you know what? He's probably not wrong. He's probably not wrong. Again, you'll find the easiest way. All right, guys, it's the mid roll. So let's do what we do. All right. I want to thank all of you for being here, guys. If you're getting educational value, if you're getting entertainment value, take a hot second, hit the like button. Not to, you know, stroke my ego, but more so YouTube knows that cybersecurity people like this content and that it should go tell other cybersecurity people, people looking for cybersecurity, people Googling, how do I break into cybersecurity? What's a normal day in the life of cybersecurity? It will send them this information and then they can become part of the Simply Cyber community and we can grow our community and hug more people. It's going to be good. Guys, thanks to the sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi and XM Cyber. I told you I'd get back to Barricade Cyber. Guys, Eric Taylor and the gang at Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber techs and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. 
This is the website if you're watching live on video, not on um, on the audio podcast. You can get on Eric Taylor's calendar right here. You can meet with him as early as 12.30 p.m. Eastern time today, so four hours from now. Dude, it's easy. Get on his call, on his calendar and have a call about what would it look like if things went sideways for your business, right? At minimum, bookmark this because if you don't do it beforehand and badness happens in your environment and you need help immediately, this is essentially like calling 911. Eric Taylor, Barricade Cyber, thanks for the support, guys. Yes, just a bite, 20, 20 days away. Gabe Lister, Gabe Lister, oh yeah. Hold on, let's do this proper. Like, like Gabe Lister. Oh, so good, so good. Dude. Nice, hey Gabe, congratulations. Congratulations, my friend, so, so happy for you. Nice. We got another one, another one up in this space. Now, now, hey Gabe, a spoiler alert. Now the work really begins, but guess what? You've been putting in all the work and cycles. It's just keep, keep, keep at it, my man, and you are going to crush it, I promise you. Guys, I wanna remind you, if you wanna get the newsletter, on Mondays I send out um, a newsletter that has three pieces of actionable intel that you can use immediately at your business to reduce risk or um, give you context on things you should be thinking of. Also, we've started adding on Wednesday a threat intelligence briefing that's broken out by industries. That's a work in progress where it's a partnership with Codename Purple. But guys, sign up. Believe me, you're like at worst you unsubscribe. I don't care. Like, but at least do yourself a favor and try this out and see if it can add value to you. JMAC got an offer last night. GRC course in the daily cyber threat briefings came in clutch. Oh my God. Let's do this, JMAC. Yes, guys, this is what I'm talking about. I told you, I can't promise you a job. I can't tell you that it's gonna take a month, two months, six months. I just know how to plant seeds and teach you to do that and, and, and do all the things. And then it will happen, I promise you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much, JMAC, for sharing your good news with us. Congratulations. All right, guys, I want to remind you, Simply Cyber Community Challenge is where it's at, guys. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, if you get tagged, go post your why in LinkedIn and use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. If you um, don't get tagged, go connect with people who use the Simply Cyber Community Challenge hashtag. When I say connect, I mean hit the connect button on LinkedIn. Build your network with people who are part of this community and like-minded people because even if you don't, if you like leave Simply Cyber or I stop doing the show or whatever, you'll still have that network. It is a takeaway for you and it's going to be incredibly valuable. Ask Jay Mack how valuable networking is. Ask Gabe Lister how valuable networking is. Believe that. Now, really quickly, it looks like uh, Atron, uh, so Anthony Richardson tagged Atrons on Team Replay. So Atron, please, please, Go on LinkedIn when you see this on Team Replay. Wayne's Real World, I'm not sure what happened here. Wayne's Real World is in chat right now. Um, Jenny, um, if you can. Yes, Anthony Richardson, thank you. I connected with you, uh, loved your post. Uh, Jenny, if you can connect with Wayne's Real World in chat right now and figure out what's going on. Oh, Patrick Moss. Okay, so Patrick Moss is all up in here. Get in there, Patrick Moss, and post hashtag simply cyber community challenge and get on it. Guys, um, one second, 
Hold on, let me just do this really quickly. Um, here. We, like, the, the, the mid-roll, we have too much good stuff to cover in the mid-roll. The final thing I want to share with you is that it's Grayson's Joke of the Week. Every Friday, my son Grayson submits a joke as part of the show, and uh, I love it because my kids get to be part of the Simply Cyber community in some capacity. Really quickly, Grayson uh, wants you guys to, to know, do you know why the little boy knocked on the fridge before he opened the door? Do you know why the little boy knocked on the fridge door before opening it? Because, obviously, the ranch, the inside was the ranch dressing. The ranch dressing? Gotta be polite. You gotta knock if someone's dressing in the other. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thanks, Joe Bell. The salad dressing. Yep. Very good. Very good. All right. Let's keep it going, guys. Thank you, Grayson, Stealthy for the joke. hacks show advancements in China's cyber espionage operations. A string of recently discovered digital intrusions appears to indicate that hackers linked to China are increasingly savvy when it comes to evading detection once they infiltrate a victim's network. This conclusion comes from researchers at Sentinel Labs and the German IT services company Q Group, who studied several cyber intrusions into unnamed Middle Eastern telecoms. Those attacks indicated that a years-long Chinese-aligned cyber espionage operation has been actively updating its abilities using a series of modifications to a widely used credential theft software package. This according to the researchers, speaking in a joint analysis published on Thursday. UK. Alright, um, Operation Soft Cell. Ooh! Operation Soft Cell? I like that. That... That's a cool that's a cool operation name. That sounds like something that would be like a um you know like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 Operation Soft Cell. It's been linked to various Chinese aligned hacking efforts focused on telecom targets. Um point they want to point out that conclusive attribution is impossible yet, so it's it's speculated that it's Chinese. I'm sure they have a decent um amount of intel that would suggest it. Um Whoa, custom modifications to Mimikatz, huh? So if you don't know what Mimikatz is, Mimikatz is a really well-known um, Windows credential dumper. Um, and, and for those who have used Mimikatz or are more well-versed in it, let me know if I'm saying it wrong. But basically, Mimikatz, uh, typically, Info, uh, InfoSec tools will recognize Mimikatz. Um, if you did the SOC Analyst Home Lab and you threw the LPROC, uh, uh, the PROC dump L LSS, um, the next thing I would do is run Mimikatz and see what that looks like. It, it's very well known, but if they've done custom modifications to it. I'm assuming it's so it, it hides a little bit better. Uh, so this is the well-known credential stealing theft tool that they mentioned in the, the beginning here. Where is it? Do, 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 right. Um, right here. Um, yeah, whatever. It said it said in here somewhere that um, they they use a well-known tool. Guys, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It China in this instance and and in many instances, China is willing to take time, right? When you take when I say time, I mean like it's not like they they kick in the uh they kick in the door and they take what they want and then they leave. They're fine low and slow. And guys, when you're low and slow, it's very hard to detect things, right? Because you're not jumping out in the noise. There isn't obvious signs of compromise, right? It's very, it's very stealthy. It's very subtle. 
And that sounds like China's got a multi-year-long espionage campaign that looks like maybe it's being discovered in some way. Um, so I'm sure China's not super pumped about that, uh, having this multi-year operation blown up. But at the same time, they probably uh, have gotten a ton of intel. And if they're using this espionage campaign at telecom companies in order to steal valid credentials from users of those telecoms, I have to imagine that they're then abusing that access in order to access telecom systems. Why would you want to get into telecom systems? Well, if you think about how vitally important communications are, especially in our modern society, it seems pretty obvious to me why telecom would be a very juicy, desirable target, not just to compromise, but to have a stealthy espionage in, right? If you can hear and see all the communications, not just the data of what is being said, but who is talking to who, when they're talking to who, right? You might be able to identify insider threats to your own regime. You could identify um, potential alliances being formed that are opposite of you. You might be able to detect an upcoming initiative or mission or whatever. So a lot of value in having your finger on the pulse of telecommunications. Um, you know, I do find it interesting that they are, um, it, it looks like they're mostly targeting Middle Eastern telecoms, which doesn't mean like, oh, that's not the United States' problem. It just means like, guys, think about it. The Middle East has money, like like money that makes you like, cash, homie. like, like trillionaires, billionaires, right? I just heard this morning, I was watching something this morning, one like fact check me because I did not fact check this, but I heard that uh, in the Middle East in in the UAE, um, like once a week they make it rain. Like they they have enough money to pay to like organize cloud seeding to make it rain. They are building a city. I, I, I don't, this one's a fact. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're building a city in the desert called the Line. Have you seen the Line yet, guys? The line, it's like literally, it's like a city that is like, I don't know, like, let's just say like a quarter mile wide and like 70 miles long. It's it's like it's like a big straight city. And the idea behind it is that you just need like one subway. It's like if you've ever been to uh, Atlanta's airport where they have the shuttle that goes back and forth, back and forth, like that's what they're building in the Middle East, except it's a massive city. It's crazy. Go, go, go like Google it. They're already building it. It's insane what they're doing out there. But it just shows you how much freaking money they have. They have so much money. It's silly. So um, again, that's probably why they're being targeted um, because, you know, wherever there's money, there's interest and power and stuff like that. So maybe China's trying to get in there so they can leverage it. I don't know, but it is interesting. I'm going to play the next story and go let my dogs out because they're about to scratch through the wall, which is not cool. Government sets out vision for National Health Service cybersecurity. The UK government has published a new strategy designed to boost cyber resilience in the health and social care sector by 2030 with the goal of helping the sector's disparate organizations improve cyber risk management, data protection and incident response and recovery. Although the details will not be ready until the summer, the government shared the five pillars of the new strategy designed to minimize cyber risk and improve incident response. They are to identify where disruption will cause the greatest harm to patients, such as disruption to critical services. To unite the sector to take advantage of scale, tap national resources and expertise, and accelerate response. To ensure leaders are engaged, employees know the cyber basics, and more security specialists are recruited. To embed security into emerging technology to better protect it from cyber threats. 
and to support every health and care organization to minimize the impact of incidents and recovery time. All right. Hackers. I mean, NHS, National Health System over in the UK, famously um, one of the first victims of WannaCry, like one of the first major victims of WannaCry, if you want to go back to 2017. Um, good morning, JPL Enterprise. Good to see you. Um, whatever. They released a um, cyber resilience. Ooh, I wish I could zoom in on this, guys. I have been on the cybersecurity is spelt cyber resilience train for like six years secretly it's like my <laughs> it's my clandestine covert operation in order <laughs> to re to redefine our entire industry to be called cyber resilience but um anyways they've got a long-term plan seven-year plan for cyber resiliency it's a five pillar plan white house security the white house uh, uh information security or cybersecurity strategy is a five pillar plan so don't get confused there all right guys let's look at their five pillars identify where disruptions will cause the greatest harm to patients <sighs> guys you know you know what really like okay i'm gonna be chill about this okay i'm gonna be super chill about this That first pillar, identify where disruption will cause the greatest harm to patients. That's called that's called a business impact analysis. That is a standard process in business continuity planning and disaster recovery. It's a conversation you have with the business on what do you need to continue the business? What is most critical? This is a thing that should have been happening already. The fact that it's like your first pillar in a new strategy that's seven years in the making is dumb. Like is your second pillar to patch your computers? Is your third pillar to not use crap passwords? Like I hate to be so cynical, but like, dude, like I get it, I get it, I get it, right? Maybe I, again, I shouldn't be so cynical. I should be like, yay, like we're prioritizing um, resiliency, but like, this is a well-known thing already. Like why the question should be, why haven't you been doing this? What have you been doing? Like, why have you not been identifying your critical services already? I mean, I hate to sound like such a, um, you know, like finger wagging armchair quarterback here, but like, I don't know. It's just, it just, it just seems, it just seems wrong, right? <laughs> you should have been doing this. This is a well-known thing. Unite the sector to take advantage of scale. Tap national resources and expertise. Okay, this is fine. This is a public-private sector coordinate, uh, uh, information sharing analysis center coordinated by the federal sector of the UK. We're seeing this um, at CISA. I'm okay with this one. This is a maturation of an already growing effort to share knowledge in a timely manner, right? Yeah, exactly, BSEC. Exactly, BSEC. All right, so two's good. Ensure leaders are engaged. Employees know the cyber basics. Okay, that's called information security awareness training. You should be doing this. Government does have a problem. I actually was just talking, uh, and they can self-identify if they want, but I won't blow them up. I was talking to somebody just yesterday, okay, who works in government, and they were saying, hey, um, like literally they were they were DMing me and saying, hey, like I wish I could be in the uh, Eric Capuano uh, talk right now, but instead I'm having to be in a cybersecurity awareness training required for everybody in my department. Okay. And they said, I wish 
it wasn't the same crap over and over again. Like it dumbs down everything and it makes it seem like cybersecurity is just not having bad passwords. And it's much more than that. You need to ensure the business knows what they're doing, which by the way, is why you should absolutely sign up for the newsletter because I tell you exactly how to engage the business. Um, embed security in their emerging technology. Yeah, good luck. Uh, and support every healthcare organization. Yeah, okay. So no no child left behind kind of thing as far as that goes. These, these are fine. I don't know. In all honesty, I think it's a little bit of a reach to make it a seven-year plan. Like, I feel like you should go for a three-year plan. This is totally achievable in three years. Like, literally, you could probably knock some of these out before the end of 2023. But I digress. Inject credit card stealers into payment processing modules. A new credit card stealing hacking campaign is doing things differently than we have seen in the past by hiding malicious code inside the authorized.net payment gateway module for WooCommerce, allowing the breach to evade detection by security scans. Historically, when threat actors breach a commerce site like Magenta or WordPress running WooCommerce, they inject malicious JavaScript into the HTML of the store or customer checkout pages. However, now to evade detection, the threat actors are injecting malicious scripts directly into the site's payment gateway modules used to process credit card payments on checkout. As these extensions are usually only called after a user submits their credit card details and checks out at the store, it may be harder to detect by cybersecurity solutions. All right, so if you are a retail online business, if you take credit cards of part of your business, be mindful of this. It does seem like this is actually um, a third-party risk that you wouldn't be able to do anything about because the hackers are injecting code uh, at the payment gateway. So that's a different part of the ecosystem. I would say that the PCI conglomerate um, or you know working group will be mindful of this and try to target it. Um, the good news is credit card companies are pretty good about detecting fraud and getting your stuff back. So um, you know I I'm kind of surprised that hackers are going after credit cards and spending the time and effort this way. Uh, but just be mindful of this. Keep an eye on your credit card statements. If you want, you could educate your end users. We had a lot of content this week to educate end users on. But you could educate end users pretty quickly and easily on be mindful of credit card fraud. It's something that they're not um, is not new to them. And that credit, I wouldn't call it credit card stealers. I would just tell them that um, threat actors are able to, um, yeah, well, I guess steal their credit card information. I wouldn't use the term stealer because that's a noun and I don't think everybody's going to get the noun. But if you say, Hey, hackers are stealing your credit card um, and you can't do anything about it, you know, keep an eye out for fraud. You'd be all right. North Korean APT group, Kim Suki targeting experts with new spear phishing campaign. German and South Korean government agencies this week warned about a new spear phishing campaign from a notorious North Korean group targeting experts on the peninsula. The campaign gains access to victims' Google accounts through the infection of Android phones through a malicious app on Google Play and the use of a malicious Chromium web browser extension. The hacking attack is mainly targeting experts on the Korean peninsula, but since the technology exploited in this attack can be used universally, it can be used universally. All right, so... Spear phishing is legit. I got spear fished yesterday. Lucky me. Ooh, I finally made it. I've been asked if I can break into someone's Facebook account by a random person on the internet, and I've been spear fished or tempted to be spear fished. I've made it. All right, so not by North Korea, by the way. Okay, so North Korea doing some spear phishing. North Korea is all up in the business. No big deal. 
Um, I'm trying to see what they're. Oh, all right. So it looks like they're creating a, a Google app and putting it in. Uh, so here's an interesting thing. They put it in Google Play, but they mark it as testing. So Google probably doesn't run as much security against it because it's not uh, for production use. It's not widespread. But then the threat actors actually grant access to the victim to that app. Therefore, you have a legit app in the Google Play Store. So that this is like a social engineering technique, right? So it all looks legit. Oh, it's from the Google Play Store. I trust the Google Play Store. And then, but but Google hasn't vetted it. Um, and then the threat, uh, the victim actually runs it and it straight up gets their creds, right? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Even more nefarious. They spearfish the victim to get the creds and then the threat actors actually <laughs> log in to the Google Play Store and push essentially the app down to the victim's Android smartphone. Uh, that's pretty clever, actually. Um, that's really clever. And once they own the smartphone, then they could probably do a whole bunch of things. Like I said before, if you go back to this story where I lost my mind about uh, captions, um, once you own someone's Android phone and you could do whatever you want, you could install this $3,000 a month um, root kit or whatever it's called, banking Trojan, and you know rob them if that was your goal. But if you're spearfishing someone, chances are you've got a very clear um, objective that you're going for and that... Um, and if it's the North Korean regime going for it, I'm sure it has something to do with either stealing large amounts of crypto or, um, you know, military, you know, national secret government secrets. But honest, I got to tell you, like final thought on this, like if you're like the president of a country, a high ranking political official in a country, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use an Android phone. All, no disrespect to Google, no disrespect to anybody here who's like pro Android, but it's just... It's, it's, it's too much attack surface for my for my liking, okay? All right, let's check out where we're at. Ooh, yeah, boy, that's it, that's it, that's it. Um, let me do this, since I already blew out the uh, copyright music. That's going to do it for today's news. If you were here just for the news, 176 of you, thank you very much. We made it to the end of the week, so exhale, reflect on all the goodness that's going on for you. Tell someone you love that you actually love them. No time like the present to share that kind of information with people. If you want to do a little bit of jaw jack and holler at me. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. Ken Pryor, Tom Bishop, Jack Scott, my friend, Jack Scott. Andy Nakamura, jaw jack in session time. Yeah, boy, we got a couple minutes. Be good, Jax. We'll see you out there. Thanks, Alicia Jerry. It was a great week. DP with the super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you, DP, for the support. I genuinely appreciate that. Guys, really quick, if you missed it yesterday, I got to tell you, I am so, so pumped. I'd love to know your select stories. What? Hold on. You guys are going so quick. Future the. Robert Burke says, for future daily briefings, I'd love to know how you select the stories you report on. Future, though, have a great day. Oh, yeah, no problem. Guys, just so you know, like, David Spark runs CISOseries.com. There's a link in the description of every episode. They release a daily cyber headlines. This is the podcast that we listen to. That's the guy's voice. Before the, store, before the show starts, I literally go and open a tab for all of these stories. I don't read the stories. I don't listen to the podcast in advance. 
when we go through the stories, you're getting my initial impressions and reaction the same to all as all of you. So that's where the stories come from. That's how this show runs. Uh, occasionally, there's no podcast, and I have to do it manually, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, we'll see. Sometimes I have to do it from a different place. Spoiler alert, on April 20th, I will be in San Diego. So my left coast people, I will be doing a, um, <laughs> I will be doing a 5 a.m. daily cyber threat briefing from a hotel. I will be requesting a eastern facing uh, hotel room so I can have the sun come up behind me like I did when I was in Vegas last summer. Yes, fresh spicy reactions. I don't manufacture the my reaction, guys. It's all genuine. This coffee, it's not going to make it. It, it was it was much better than the crank, but it, it's not it's not going to work for me. Hey, David Meese, good to see you. Um, hey, one final thing to share with everybody. Um, I, I haven't been pushing this too hard, but the um, I don't even know how to do this. Uh, the GRC Analyst Masterclass is on sale right now, but the sale ends tonight at midnight, eleven fifty nine. Okay, so. If you're interested in the GRC Analyst Masterclass, if you've heard about it, uh, a lot of great people have uh, said really nice things about it. It's 50% off with the code SPRINGBREAK, simplycyber.io slash courses. Check it out. It's basically, it's $15. And I would argue that it's significantly worth more than $15 in value, okay? That's just my opinion, but... It's a comprehensive class that goes over every single capability a entry-level GRC analyst needs to know, including labs on how to do it. I think it's fantastic, and I want everybody to take advantage of the 50% off. Ken Pryor's taking the class. Thank you, Clint. How are you going to B-Sides Charm? No, I'm not, Dan Reardon. First-time CyberCon attendee. Wife gave me the go-ahead to go to HackerspaceCon. Oh, Peter Lee, excellent. Yeah, hey, Peter Lee, here's a pro tip. Go to some of the talks, but don't go to all the talks, right? Go to the booth. Say hi to people. If you see somebody you recognize, like Zach, Zach Hill, Cyber Mentor, Josh Mason. Like, if you see someone you recognize, walk up and say hi. You know? I've been working through the GRC Masterclass. It's great. Yes, David Meese. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Kimberly can fix it. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Alicia Jerry's birthday. Hey there. Happy birthday. System audiobook by Mike Chappelle. Very good ref reference. If you see Josh Mason run. <laughs> oh, that's too good. That is too good. Don't run. Run towards Josh Mason and run with open arms. So, Kaylith Lopez, yes, the GRC Masterclass is a lifetime class. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I, I do pay $1,200 a year to, for the platform that the class is hosted on. And I was thinking about it, like, I should stop saying lifetime access because at some point, I, 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 you know, if the class isn't, like, if it's not, I can't just keep paying $1,200. Like, you know what I mean? So... I think what I'm going to do is once it, 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 if I release it all on YouTube at some point, it'll still have, you'll still have access to it. So I feel like that qualifies, but I think any future class I do, I'm going to say um, guaranteed at least one year access, likely lifetime access. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Because the last thing I want is somebody coming back to me in like four years and like suing me or something like that because of that. Yeah, lifetime on the platform. Yeah, I, I don't know how to do it. I, I do have a lawyer for some things, but I just, we'll see. I, I, I don't want to, it's hard to think of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I'm just trying to help people. I'm not trying to like get sued. <laughs> um. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's stream. Yeah, no, 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 Marcus Grani, it does not expire. You'll be able to, it's, it's, you'll be able to access it. There's people who bought it, you know, two years ago that still access it. It, you have it, you have lifetime access as long as I have the platform and I don't plan on any time soon getting rid of the platform, right? In fact, I plan on adding more courses to it. All right. If you're looking for a couple things to do, uh, look at this Apex Sock Analyst lecture video. This is a 45-minute step-by-step of building a home cyber lab. And then last night, Eric Capuano came on. This this might be one of the most impactful, just every single second value, value, value live stream I've ever done. I'm going to share this in chat. It was insane the amount of value that Eric dropped. And then I got to go. All right, guys. Oh, boy. I'm starting to get a little sweaty from this coffee. Guys, everybody be good. Thank you so much for your time today. Go off, do great things. Until next time, stay secure. <laughs>